The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, and welcome back to Bench with Bubba. This is episode 13. On today's episode, we are welcomed by White Sox Dave. You can find him on Twitter at BarstoolWSD. He is the uh, White Sox, one of the White Sox guys for Barstool Sports. He's been all over the place, and we are uh, we're going to get well into the action that took place over the last week on the uh, MLB winter meetings, and more importantly, the craziness that took place with the uh, Chicago White Sox and the wheeling and dealing that uh, took place, Chris Sale and Adam Eaton trades, and the rebuilding of their minor league system, and uh, the stuff they get to look forward to on the south side of Chicago. But more importantly, Dave, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, ready to get this next trade underway. I mean, it could come anytime. It could be a week from now, two weeks from now, two months from now, or tomorrow. So I'm um, just on the edge of my seat waiting for Quintana to go, really. Yeah, no, uh, definitely going to get to that. There's a uh, a list of five names that I'm curious to get your insight on. And definitely Quintana is on the top of that list. But after uh, yeah, Sale, Eaton are gone, There's the White Sox have a lot more work still to do. And um, good things coming on that south side. Speaking of which, after those first two deals are done, what's what's the feeling like uh, with like the fan base and uh, everybody? The emotions high, low? What's the optimism like around there? The optimism, it, this is – the best I've felt as a White Sox fan since I think really 2008. Uh, they Their most famous game in recent memory after 2005 when they won the World Series was a wild card game against the Twins. It was a one nothing game. John Danks back when he was, you know, pre-injury and a really, really good pitcher. Um, it was it was a wild card game. It was a one nothing game, and Jim Tomey hit a ball about 1,000 feet to win the game and uh, for the game, the entire stadium did a blackout. Everybody was wearing black craziest game in recent memory. And then after that, just it was downhill. I mean, they had all these awesome players, like all like Eaton, sale, Quintana, Frazier, uh, Robertson, all these players that other teams want. And they just couldn't build around them with supplementary guys. And the fan base after watching the Cubs winning it all this year was just so disgusted with, I mean, they figured they were going to do a half-ass patchwork offseason again, which is what they've been doing. And a lot of people were starting to just give up hope and say, I can't take this anymore. All of a sudden, sale gets traded. It's a complete 180. The fan, the fan base is 
ecstatic. I mean, we love Chris Sale. He was our favorite player, hands down, but, I mean, it was necessary to trade him to get this organization back to being, you know, a, a, a perennial contender, hopefully. And we were just sick of seeing 75 win seasons. I mean, what's the point of winning 75 games? You're going to be middle of the pack. You're not going to the playoffs, but you're not getting a high draft pick. I mean, it'd be nice to, you know, have one or the other. And now next year, we're Sox fans are excited to win 60, maybe, maybe 70 games. We we can't wait for them to just lose nonstop. Well, no, that's 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 true because you're in a division where you're watching the Royals win the World Series, you're watching the Tigers go to the World Series, heck the yep. twins are being competitive, um, and you're just sitting around being mediocre at best. And um these guys keep rebuilding. The Royals are rebuilding with youth. The Tigers are spending money. Um, heck, the Twins are actually rebuilding with DC youth, but now they're kind of floundering again. And so something had to be done. So uh, I could see where necessary evil trading sale, and that'll lead us into it. White Sox, Red Sox, the big news. And it seemed like forever sale was going somewhere, and it looked like it was going to Washington. But uh, they wouldn't get rid of Trey Turner, at least that's – from the outsider's approach, that's what it looked like. You yeah. might be able to tell. They weren't. Uh, really no, nah, Trey Turner was off the table, which he should have been. Yes. Uh, he, I mean, Chris Sale is a top few pitcher in baseball, but Trey Turner could be one of the best players in baseball all around for the next decade. Um, if I'm in Washington, he's not going anywhere for anybody, not Kershaw, not anybody. Um, but, I mean, Washington's package actually ended up leaking, and uh, they're the 10th overall prospect in baseball by MLB Pipeline, Victor Robles, uh, was included in the package that they ended up actually getting for Eaton in their trade with Washington. Uh, Washington said here, these are the four players we're offering up. Uh, Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn, Jerry Reinsdorf all got together said, okay, let's bring this to uh, Boston, see if they can up it. They upped it, and here we are. They, I mean, Washington got played like a fiddle twice by Rick Hahn. What Rick Hahn did was just he 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 played the Washington Nationals. Yeah, no, Rick Hahn. It, it sounds bad. Um, I don't try to act like I know. I, I I know I act like I know a lot about baseball because I, I feel like I know a lot about baseball, but I didn't even know who Rick Hahn was before last week. Yeah, you and, wouldn't. And after just that day alone or those two days, I definitely know who Rick Hahn is now because he did things, especially after the Adam Eaton deal, that were just amazing. Well, here's the, <laughs> here's the dynamic of the White Sox, all right? Jerry Reinsdorf owns the team. He also owns the Chicago Bulls. He yep. is 81 now, I believe. Uh, he's on the team for 30-some years. I despise the man because he's done a lot of bad for baseball and to the White Sox. And to the Bulls, not that I'm a huge diehard Bulls fan, but it's, I mean, the organizations are ran exactly the same. And underneath him is Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams is the exact, he's a peer of Theo Epstein. If you ask 90% of baseball fans who the Cubs general manager was, they'd say Theo Epstein. But that is incorrect. It's Jed Hoyer. Jed Hoyer's GM. Kenny Williams is supposed to be, the Theo Epstein of the White Sox, but he's not. He's a hothead. He's a ego. He's an egomaniac, at least from the outside looking in. And Rick Hahn 
who's supposed to be like architecting trades, um, architecting contracts, all this stuff. He has to go through the chain of command to even do his own job. And it wasn't working for a long time because Rick Hahn's been the general manager five years now. Finally, they said, all right, Rick, we're going to give you the keys to the kingdom. We're going to let you do your thing. We're going to see if you can do this because obviously what we're doing is not working. And in two moves, he's completely changed the course of the entire White Sox, you know, next almost decade maybe. So, um, I mean, if you ask any White Sox fan, they they will always have Rick Hahn's back because they always knew he wasn't actually the one that was fucking this up. And now that he's, I mean, now that it's clear that he has the reins to, you know, to the sled dogs, the organization immediately looks better. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're really excited. It's, it's a good time to be a White Sox fan. Finally. Yeah, no, that was amazing. Let's get into the deal. So it was, the deal between the White Sox and the Red Sox was Chris Sale going for one of the top prospects in all of baseball, if not the top prospect, depending on which sites you look at. Yoan Mankata. Um, then you get the the pitcher Michael Kopech. I probably mispronounced that. Kopech, yep. Kopech. You get Luis Alexander Bese Outfielder and Masabi yeah. and Victor Diaz. So four really good prospects. Kopech was throwing. Reports were 105 last season, but those are reports. People are saying BS. Regardless, he was throwing gas. Yeah, he, um, he's got a cannon. Yeah, and he looks – now this will piss uh, Karabas off. He, was, he, he looks a lot like Buckles to me. But uh, uh, what's your take on – we all know how great Mankata is. This kid is phenomenal. People were critiquing his little stint in the bigs last year, but I called bullshit on that. It was a little stint. It was off and on. Everybody knows a lot of people's first times in the bigs when they're not getting full-time playing time and all this yeah. crap, they're not going to – it's their first shot. Give me a break. No one's Mike Trout. Mike Trout wasn't even that good his first time in the bigs. Like, let's get a, a dose of reality here for a second. Take a step back. <laughs> He'll be fine. It's. Um, I mean, my one thing with all returns – in, in these deals is these guys are prospects. Thank you. I, that's, uh, a, that's a, that's no a, no matter how high of prospects they're ranked, no matter how hard they can throw, no matter how fast they can run or how far they can hit the ball, there's always the potential mm-hmm. for bust. That's the give and take you. I mean, a lot of Red Sox fans were pissed off with dealing those four players for one player, but you're getting a, as sure of a thing as it gets in Chris sale for, potential to be a sure thing. And that, I mean, all four of these players might fizzle out. They might not, you know, amount to their prospect ranking. So that's the give and take in these trades. You're trading a lot for a lot of in quantity for a little in quantity, but in return, you're getting, you know, a sure thing. And anybody, any Red Sox fan who's bitching about giving up Yohan Makata, the Red Sox on paper, the best team in the American league bar none right now. So yeah, you, I, they, can, they can bitch all they want. If they win World Series, who gives a shit? You literally have three Cy Young pitchers in your top three in the rotation. Regardless if you feel Porcello is a Cy Young or not, he won the Cy Young. So you got to get over that right now. You have three Cy Young Award winners. Right Sales there. actually has, hasn't won one yet. No, but, I, I, but I'm saying he, right, he's, he's a caliber. caliber yeah. He's, he's caliber of a caliber. Like, so you got legit three Cy Young pitchers right there. 
That's ridiculous. So um, basically, the Red Sox traded for the now, White Sox traded for the future. But yeah, that's a phrase I always say: is prospects are prospects till proven otherwise. So you have right. to you have to just live with that. What's your um, so yes, Moncada is, is what people expect. What's your takeaway on these three other guys that most people probably have no clue who they are? And you've I know definitely- I I followed Kopic quite a bit coming up because I always assumed, I always knew in the I mean not with without actually knowing that the White Sox and Red Sox would actually eventually I should say make this trade happen. Um, I knew it would start around Benintendi or Mercada and Kopech would be the number two piece. And so I've watched a lot of them. I mean, not in person. Um, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and shit and he's raw, but I mean, the, the measurables, I mean, it's just, it's stuff you can't teach. Um, he's, you can tell just by watching him pitch, he's insanely competitive, which I love. He throws hard. Um, the, I mean, his slider's great. And then the other two guys, I'll, I'll admit, I don't know much about. the. Um, if Basabi has a good year this year, everybody's saying that he could vault into the top 50 overall prospects. So, um, And then Diaz throws 102. He's, he's a project arm, but he's one that the White Sox think they can turn into a really good back end of the rotation arm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the juice was worth the squeeze – in those four players. Most definitely. All right. So then we'll, we'll go into the one trade that when I saw this come over the waves, I was just jaw hit the floor. I honestly have no clue what the nationals were thinking on this one. Unless I, unless I just really have no, I, I Adam Eaton's a good baseball player, but I'm just lost on this one. White Sox nationals, Adam Eaton for three pitching prospects, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning. And it's not even Giolito that gets me. I am huge on Ronaldo Lopez. That same with me. And last year, Dane Dunning was the first-round draft pick who was, I believe, 29th overall for the uh, Nationals, as in 2016 draft. Um, Ronaldo Lopez had a small little cup of coffee this last year with the in the bigs. He's got some nasty stuff. Giolito, he can, might get fixed, but he's not. I don't think he's going to be as good as people expected he's going to be, but he could still be like a third or fourth starter. But this Lopez kid could be great, I think. What's your takeaway? What what were the Nats seeing in this? You saw Eaton a lot more than I've seen him and others. What, what's the takeaway on this trade? Eaton's a really, really, really good baseball player. Although all his stats, nothing pops out to you, but, I mean, he's everything you want in the top of the order bank. He's a really good outfielder. He's a good base runner. He, he plays hard. He's gritty, all that good stuff. And um, But when I saw the return they got for him, I kind of did the same thing. Like, I mean, a lot a lot of his value was in his contract because he's still controlled for another five years at $38 million. So a player of his age, contract status, and productivity level, that's going to cost a lot. What they got in return, I didn't think was going to be three potential top of the rotation arms, even though you and I both agree on Giolito, he's still, I mean, he's still 21 years old and, and can throw a hundred. He might turn into a number one. Um, yeah. So regardless, it was still after Eaton. I mean, Dane Dunning has a really, really uh, low floor. Um, he'll never be great. I don't think, but he'll, he'll be just a solid 
back of the rotation starter that any team would love to have. Um, and I mean, and then like you said, I, I've been watching a ton of uh, Renato Lopez highlights. He's just disgusting. And I mean, you pair those three up with a few of the current farmhands the White Sox already have, and their rotation could be set already yep. come 2018, 19 for the next six, seven years. You put him with Kopik right there. You already got four starters in those two. Exactly. Trades. Right, just right there. That, 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 Han just pulled that off right there in two trades. That's mm-hmm. disgusting. And that, that's what's like you said the White Sox fans need to realize what just took place in like a 48 hour span. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, like you said, the contract, I, I see what you're saying there. That, that part makes sense. Um, and I wasn't trying to say he's a bad player. Like no, no, and no. Everybody thinks he's a really good player. Just yeah. they didn't think he'd get that kind of return. That's what I'm trying to say. And I and the only other thing is I want to clarify also in the market because uh, like you look at the going rates, like what a Fowler was paid, and these other guys, uh, and, yeah, whatever it was. Like like they're getting stupid money. So I, I see that angle. They either have to go out and pay for someone, or I can go trade for Eaton, go that route. But that return, I was just wow. Um, do you see any of these guys like uh, Giolito or even Lopez starting out the season with in the rotation? No, none of them will. Um, they're going to want to get that extra year of control before they hit arbitration. Um, all these guys, none of them will be up before June at the earliest, no matter how good they're doing, just because they don't want to reach free agency before it's too early. And um, then – and not, it's a rebuilding year. They don't have to rush anybody. They they have the ability to be patient now. So, so yeah, hell, why, they can lose a hundred. No one cares. Yeah, exactly right. So why let them get seasoned up? Let them get you know all the work they need to in AAA, and you know come 2018 start or mid 2017 start you know assimilating them into Chicago, and and come 2018 19. You know, let it rip. Okay. Well, that leads me into the next thing then, because now that sales gone, let's talk next piece. You already mentioned him, and this guy has talking Adam Eaton had a good deal in place. We got the twenty-seven-year-old arm, Jose Quintana. He's a lefty who everybody wants. I said he's twenty-seven. He's, he's got about a great to turn twenty-eight, in like a month, I think. But regardless. Great contract in place, only seven million and seventeen, eight point eight five and eighteen club options for nineteen and twenty of ten and a half and eleven and a half. These are great prices for a left-handed arm in this marketplace. Um, he's going to fetch quite the king's ransom. As obviously, all the reports are showing. As you've, I've seen your Twitter feed. They're asking for a king's ransom. Uh, I know the Astros have looked. What are what are you expecting? Uh, if you had a crystal ball, what are you seeing take place? I honestly think the Astros will eventually cave. They know that their starting rotation is not good enough as is to win in the postseason. I mean, look at what the the Indians did last year, for instance. They had one stud shutdown arm in Corey Kluber, and um, they were able to ride that arm through the World Series. And the, in, the, the Astros, rather, don't have that right now. Um, Keiko had the good year two years ago. Last year he was terrible. And and I, no matter how good their offense is, which it is really good right now, the playoffs are about pitching. They're going to make the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they didn't. But once they get there, if they're playing a Cleveland or even, even a Toronto or um, a Boston now, they're not winning that series. I mean, the offenses aren't 
that – I mean, their offense isn't that much better, if at all, than Toronto or Cleveland, and it's not as good as Boston. And all three of those teams have better pitching stats. So they need that one guy that can come in and curb those bats in the playoffs. And Jose, is the best, Jose Quintana is the best pitcher available to do that right now. So I think they do meet their demands eventually. I don't think Musgrove, as much as I like him, will be included in that deal. I think it'll be centered around uh, uh, Francisco Martis and Kyle Tucker, uh, two prospects again. Um, Martis, who could, who probably has the stuff to pitch in the major leagues right now. But again, if he were playing in Chicago, he wouldn't he wouldn't need to until midseason or later. And then um, a couple lower level bats. Uh, Kyle Tucker was a fifth overall pick a few years ago. Uh, he projects to be a twenty five home run. 25 stolen base guy in the outfield from the left side of the plate. So, um, yeah, they're just going to wait until teams cave. And eventually one of them will because they know they need Jose Quintana more than the White Sox need to trade Jose Quintana. Yes. Um, what about uh, you got your closer, David Robinson. Kenley Jansen went off the market today, got a nice yep. five-year 80 mil. So that pretty much takes all the big names, Melanson, Chapman, uh, Jansen, uh, Robertson's still pretty decent price, $12 million, $13 million the next two years. Uh, where do you think the Nats need him? Nats, you already fleeced them once. You think you'd fleece them again? Uh, who was it? I saw someone tweet today that the Nationals and the White Sox are in talks with about David Robertson. And if the White Sox are serious. They'll ask for Victor Robles, who's the fourth piece in the trade the Nationals offered to uh, Chicago for sale. And if that actually happened, it would be absolutely hilarious. The White Sox would have their entire farm system. and That would be robbery. It would be robbery. But the Nationals are in desperation mode, too, because Bryce Harper's bouncing on them in two years. So they need to win now if they're ever going to win. Oh, um, yeah. All those players are getting older. I mean, Scherzer's still great, but, I mean, power pitchers, they don't get better when they're on on the, you know, wrong side of 30. They can maybe sustain it, but they're not getting better. And right. so they, they got a really short window, and Robertson absolutely would improve their bullpen. Uh, they lost Melanson last year, who they who acquired at the deadline, and so they need that shutdown arm. Robertson's not necessarily shut down. But he's a very, very good pitcher. Not a great one, but a very good one. And if the Nationals are serious, I mean, the White Sox hold all the leverage in that deal. Hey, if you want to win the World Series with one of our guys, you need to come to our price, as is the case for a lot of, you know, all the White Sox players. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd start there. I'd say, yeah, Victor Robles or no go. I mean, now those go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's fine because um, – if they can pull Victor Robles out, that would just be it'd be hilarious. To me. And I, it would be awesome, man. I don't blame them for asking for it because uh, they are desperate. Because you already know Harper's going to the Yankees, and that's just a match made in heaven there. And they are desperate because that was the best part. Is they offered? I haven't seen the number, but they offered more money than the Dodgers did for Jansen, and Jansen told him no. So the Nationals' off season's just been horrific. They can't get anything right right now. Nothing right. I think it was. I think it was like five million. Yeah. So at eighty million, might as well stay home for five million less when you're making that much money. But yeah, um, but yeah, the the Astros or the 
Nationals are in desperation mode right now, like we both just said. They, they, they need a shutdown arm. And the White Sox do have two of them. They got another guy, Nate Jones, who's probably yep. better than, than Robertson. He just isn't paid closers money, and the White Sox don't need him to close right now. So, um, yeah, you, guys, you guys signed him to a decent deal last year. Yeah, five like, years for $8 million. And yeah. if the what I would do if I were the White Sox, I would trade Robertson and um, you know get whatever for him. I mean, I don't think they'll end up getting Robles for him. It'd be hilarious and be crazy if they did, but I don't think that'll end up happening. But trade Robertson, let Jones close. Hopefully, he can you know scrounge together fifteen saves on out of the twenty games to win the White Sox win next year by the All Star break. And flip him at the deadline, too. Yeah. Next up, we got uh, Todd Father. Todd Fraser, who you guys uh, traded for last offseason, originally thought to go to L.A., but they signed their little ginger, Justin Turner, today to a pretty decent deal. Um, So that was the only place I heard him going to. Is there anywhere else, any buzz for Todd Fraser anywhere? That's what everybody assumes is going to happen, and – there's no, I mean, if the in or if the Dodgers would have lost Turner to free agency, they would have gotten a comp pick, so they would have needed to sign someone next year without a compensation pick attached. And I don't think Frazier will, so he would have been a perfect fit there. Um, real, I mean, he's he's a good ball player. I mean, he's kind of boomer bust. He's really frustrating to watch at times, but 40 home runs, 100 RBIs. Can't argue with those numbers. I don't know how well those numbers would play at a stadium like Dodger Stadium, which is a good pitcher's park, but um, he's, he's you know, he knows the National League already. He knows the game. and But, yeah, now that that's off the table, I'd say St. Louis. Um, the Mets are another option that I've heard floating around out there and maybe, you know, a dark horse team or two like Pittsburgh or something that – that, you know, want to win right now. So we'll see. Um, I don't think he'll return much at all, if anything, because he's only on a one-year deal for like $17 million. And uh, he's aging and outside of his power numbers, he wasn't that good at all last year. But, I mean, if you can return a top 100 guy for him, there's another top 100 guy. Yeah, true. Now, one that I was kind of surprised about because I heard his name in the mix and then I looked at his numbers – for like availability, arbitration, and everything, I can see the reason for flipping them. Is uh, Abreu actually being talked about in trade? Um, I mean, nobody is untouchable on the White Sox. If anybody would have – I thought that if they were going to keep anybody, they would have kept Eaton because he's controlled for five more years, and he could have feasibly been the starting right fielder or center fielder by the time of competitive again. But after they traded him, they made it clear that if anybody wants our players, you have to come to us and meet our prices. And if you do, the, that player is yours. And uh, first base, it isn't as it, – it's, it's not as thin on solid first baseman available right now. So I don't know how much Bray would return either. But um, – I mean, he's he's a productive player. He signed cheap for three more years as well, and I mean, he he would make any team better. What's like any team he plays for whatsoever, he's making better. 
Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, that kind of white, uh, wraps up the White Sox portion of things. Um, I have a question, actually, on the White Sox. One more question. Um, with just those initial deals, and obviously we have more to come, you said kind of, this next season's kind of already thrown away, obviously. Get ready to start competing in the following season. How long before you think they're actually going to be competitive? I think, I mean, 2017, like you said, that's a punt year. It's They're going to win 60 to 70 games, hopefully get the first overall pick, which I would love. Um, then 2018, all these guys will be hopefully ready to contribute every day. I mean, then win 80-ish to 90, maybe max out at 90 wins if all these guys, you know, all if they all hit their peaks – show those flashes of, yeah, these guys are going to be really good. And then 2019, after they've had a year under their belts, they're going to have hardly any payroll. I mean, there's going to be awesome free agents available, like Manny Machado they could throw $50 million a year at, and they still wouldn't crack That's all going to million in payroll. Before you said that is, with all this young talent, because they're shipping everybody out, the new CBA has some really interesting tax breaks now. But with all these young guys, and in two years, the list of free agents is just ridiculous. Um, they could pretty much – they could probably sign two or three guys if they really wanted to. Uh, they could. Do you, does the philosophy under Han would that be something – I don't know if it would be the philosophy of Reinsdorf because he's never done that. His most expensive contract ever, $68 million for Jose Rave. That's the second lowest contract. That's the biggest in con- in franchise history. Does that make sense? Yeah. Exactly. I think the Pirates are the only team that's got a lower largest, and it's like fifty-seven million or something. That's that's kind of what I, I wanted to ask. Is with the you said that they kind of started to let Han make decisions on the roster. Are they going to let him start making financial decisions on the payroll? They. I mean, they should. Wait, their payroll the last. Five or seven years hovered around 130 million. If they sign a, you know, just throw a random, uh, say 40 million dollars a year for Manny Machado for eight years, what is what's the difference between that huge contract coupled with a bunch of 600 thousand dollar contracts and your payroll is about 100 million? I know a lot of that's invested into one player, but what I mean, I have no problem with it. Who cares? You know. Oh, I agree completely. Zero problem with that. But I, I, I was just wondering if uh, they're going to change because that's something, like I said, I've never seen them do it that way. No, that's they all. haven't. So that's what we're all kind of worried about right now, that they would have to change their organizational philosophy right there. Yeah, because it's, it's one thing to get all this young talent, but you still have to spend something around them. Right. That's the whole thing is you can't just let the the youth run wild. It doesn't work all that way. But uh, Interesting. Um, okay, outside of the White Sox, like I said, there there was there was a lot of other activity last week and a little bit before that. What's kind of the some of the bigger trades and signings that kind of caught your attention that were like either surprises or really good moves for other teams that you noticed? Um, I still didn't really get the Chapman signing for Yan- the Yankees. I mean, I did and I didn't. They're not going to be good next year. Still, it's going to be another two or three years before they're good, and then by then. Chapman could be on his downswing. Uh, they're paying him a ton of money. 
Um, and if you're a rebuilding team, which the Yankees still are, then what's the point of having an, an expensive and elite closer like that? So that one, I was kind of um, a little, you know, confused by if that's the right word. Um, Cubs made a good deal to get Wade Davis. Uh, they traded it. Uh, what's his face for him? Soler. Yeah, Jorge Soler, who I just think sucks at baseball. Um, Wade Davis is really great, great. He's one of the nastiest pitchers in baseball. He's been better than Chapman the last few years. So, um, I mean, health's a concern for him, so it's a little different. But um, really good trade for the Cubs. I mean, solidified the back end of the pen again, which is what won the World Series a year ago. Yep. Yeah, no, the, the Chapman one, I've never been a fan of uh, spending that kind of money on a closer. I never understood it at all. Um, you see how I might be biased as a Giants fan when three World Series of three different closers in a five-year span. So you just mm-hmm. you don't you don't need to spend for close given. I'm also pissed off because you blow 30 saves in one season, so you should have a fucking closer. But that's a whole other story right there. But, um, yeah. That's a lot of a lot of money, but um, let's play a little. Uh, there's some free agents out there. Where do you think they're going to end up? Um, I have a feeling Edwin Encarnacion is this year's Ian Desmond. Where do you think he's going? Yeah, it's such a weird one. I heard Houston like a week and a half ago. Um, that didn't happen actually, and I had two really sure things telling me that. Uh, he was going to sign in Houston. That's not looking like it's going to happen at all anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if um, – I mean, now he has no leverage with, with Toronto. They already offered him four for 80. Now they could tell him, you know, four for 50 or four for 40 or whatever it is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does a yo-type deal, uh, Cespedes. Uh, a really top-heavy front-loaded contract with two opt-outs so he could just do it all again next year. Um yeah rebuild his market, rebuild his value. I mean, not that he has to, he's been great. Um, but where he ends up at this point, I don't even know where he fits. Um, probably back. If, if you were to hold a gun to my head, I'd say back in, in Toronto. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's he, he came out guns blazing. Like he was king of the world, top free agent out there. And it seems like now it's, he's going to come crawling back to Toronto and taking. Not, I'm not, not like a, a small deal. He'll still get paid, but it's not going to be close to what I think he wanted or thought he was going to get. He wanted five but, for one twenty-five. Yeah, and that's. I, I think he'll be lucky. I think he'll probably look looking more in the what seventeen range, maybe seventeen, eighteen range would be my guess. Something like that. Yeah. And yeah, something I think, like that. Yeah, yeah I, and I'd be. I think he'll probably get. I'd say. I'd say a three to four year deal, like you said, maybe an opt out after two or three years. Um, Joey Bats, I could see a similar situation. What are you seeing with Joey Bats? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs in uh, Boston with Boston. I know they said they don't have any money. That could just be posturing him, the Red Sox, trying to leverage his market to their favor. But they need a replacement for Ortiz. I know he's not lefty, but uh, Mitch Moreland's not – he's not a replacement for David Ortiz, which is their – only other option right now. They just traded Travis Shaw to Milwaukee. So, um, I mean, they, they need to re- replace that David Ortiz production. And right now, Ian or Joey Bats are the best two to do it. 
Yeah, and Joey Bats with that uh, with with the green monster right there, he could hit pop flies out all day long. That's all just, day long, both of them that, could. That's a match made in heaven right there. Well, well, Edwin Edwin I thought was the perfect fit there. Played first base and and I don't know I don't know how that didn't work out. But um, and and Boston saying they don't have money is silly to me. Yeah, but, they have um, money. They have plenty of money. Yeah, that's a, that's a joke. Um, the one that's I don't understand this. I must be missing something here. But uh, what's the issue with Matt Weeders not finding a job right now? He's one of the better catchers in baseball, and he even hits pretty well. Um, is there something really wrong with him? I don't know. I think he kind of stinks. He's a good catcher, I guess, but defensively, he, at least, he's a catcher. Yeah, defensively, he's a good catcher, but offensively, he kind of drives me crazy watching him. Uh, strikes out. He yeah, he's really streaky. Um, I'm sure he's looking for top dollar as well. Um, he's the best catcher, and but who who needs a catcher right now? I couldn't even tell you. Like the the White Sox do, but they don't want to pay him what he's worth. Would I would take him if it was like you know dirt cheap money and a short term contract, just because he could. You know, he's a good receiver for a young pitching staff. But I don't know. I have I have no idea where he ends up. Maybe I don't know National League somewhere. No, those are good points. And uh, the Rays just—I thought the Rays made a phenomenal deal on Wilson Ramos, two years, twelve million. I thought that was a great deal for him. And they'll flip him too. Oh yeah, and they'll get a good deal for him as well. Um, and this is the one I'm really curious about because he got a decent deal with Baltimore, then he went bananas. Mark Trumbo, what do you think's coming with this guy? Because he he could easily get paid big and then go hit a buck fifty somewhere. And be irrelevant again. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole, but apparently Colorado's in on him. They now just saw Ian Desmond and Ian Desmond's slotted to be a first baseman right now. Ian Desmond's not a first baseman, he's way too athletic. He could play anywhere on the on the diamond and be more than adequate there. He doesn't need to play first base, so it makes sense to move him to, you know, a swing player where, you know, plays every day, a new position. And then insert Trumbo, have him hit 200 with 40 bombs at course field. But other than that, I haven't heard there's much of a market for for Trumbo either. Yeah, no, it seems like Baltimore acts like they care every, like, two weeks. And then Colorado throws their hat, hat in the mix. Uh, the Desmond one, he got paid. But when they said first base, I was wondering what the heck that's all about. That's just silly. But they have four left-handed outfielders still, so they got to move somebody. Um, I don't know what they have. Yeah, going Manny Parr is probably probably gone. I'd assume. Yeah, he's gonna have to be because you're not moving Dahl. He's too talented and too young. Right. And they want too much for Blackman and Cargo. So who knows? But uh, and then one last one: uh, the Pirates have pretty much pissed off Andrew McCutcheon. He's doing all the right PR moves in public. Um, you could pretty much tell the Pirates you're not going to give them much of anything pretty soon, and they're just going to have to get rid of him. Dumb, who do yeah. Think, who do you think but, he's going to get traded to? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they hang on to him. Uh, he's he's going to – I mean, his, his value is low anyways. He's coming off a bad year. Uh, he has value to rebuild. They could always flip him at the deadline. I don't think he's going anywhere this winter. Okay. 
Interesting. I think he. I think he's still good. I think he's still a really good ball player. But yeah, he is. He, he's he's not the MVP McCutcheon. You're right. Right. He's not that McCutcheon anymore because they were they were asking for the MVP value. Right. And he's not that guy. But man, did they they burn some bridges because you could see it in the interviews he's had lately. It's not been pretty. Yeah, he's not happy. He, he probably shouldn't be. He wants. He want, he's the face of that organization. He wants to be there for life. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Dave, uh, you got anything else for us uh, today? Uh, no, just ready to keep this off-season hot still going. Yeah, no, there's going to be a lot more coming up. Free uh, agent-wise, it looks like it slowed down a bit, but, uh, you know, there'll be more to come. But uh, I appreciate it, man. I uh, Thanks for coming on. A lot of good stuff. Your White Sox, man. Uh, I can't wait for that Quintana one to come down. It'll I know. We're all waiting for it, too. I hope it happens soon. I hope it does too, because every day it's like a, a new report and then this and that, and it's just all over the place. It's uh, it's gonna happen sooner or later. Someone's gonna get drunk at drinking a whiskey at night and pull the trigger. It's gonna happen, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then hopefully, hopefully you guys can fleece the Nats for Robertson. That would just be phenomenal. It would, it would make my, it would make my, make my winner if that happened. That'd be great. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, you guys can follow uh, Dave. He's a uh, He's a White Sox Dave. You can find him on Twitter at Barstool WSD. Again, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Dave. No problem, man. Anytime. And this was episode thirteen of Benched with Bubba. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time.